you know, a lot about what we're talking about on this podcast is really how your past shapes your future. And I don't think anyone had more of a dramatic turn than you, especially in your book, Wifey 101. I mean, you literally came from the trailer park and are, are now on a podcast hosting a TV show and in a loving family. Well, there's no shame whatsoever in coming from a trailer park because here I am. That's true. Like I did. I came from a trailer park. I had custody of my siblings and yeah, I lived to tell the tale and it's not just living to tell the tale. I mean, you fought for your life and you fought to where you, you, you got here. I mean, it's, it's literally the, the biggest success story ever. And it's, and it's something that I look up to and admire in you. Well, thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. Yeah. I was really happy to write Wifey 101 to kind of share my journey and hopefully inspire others who are going through that same type of a hard time. So it's available on Amazon. You can go to amazon.com and just type in wifey 101. You'll be able to grab my book there. And you can also get a signed copy from my website, jamieotis.com. Do you love me? Yeah. Do you love podcasts? Yeah. Did you poopy? Yeah. Are you looking for someone to share their deepest, darkest secrets on keeping their marriage spicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you like please dish on how to be a cool parent? Because yeah, I don't know. Please tell me. Well, Jamie Otis and Doug Hayner have got all you hubbies and wifeys and mommies and daddies covered. Yep, that's us. Because each week, we're finding a guest who will spill all their dirty secrets. Oh, yeah. Because we all want to keep our marriages hot and our parenting cool. Here's the show. Welcome to our episode five of Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. Uh, this is not an episode that we anticipated. We never planned on recording this episode. Um, but we do always promise to be open and share and honest. Yeah, our real lives. I mean, we're not going to pretend to be something we're not and or pretend that everything's perfect in our lives because that's just PC and easy. I mean, as hard as it, as it is sometimes, I think it's really important to be open and vulnerable because I know that for me, that was really helpful. Uh, when I read other people who were, who shared their stories of loss, um, I just, I just didn't feel as alone. So here we go being, it's, I, and also like, thank you to those women who were open and vulnerable because it's not easy, nope. but we have, you know, had a miscarriage, uh, unfortunately. Um, I mean, it was just, yeah, it, you know, there was, you try to be as positive as you possibly can going through and, you know, there was some blood and spotting and, you know, during the pregnancy, you try to keep, keep a good positive light and, you know, you get a good ultrasound. And, you know, even, even when I hear that, or heard that we were pregnant and came in at the, you know, I don't, it's tough to get super overly excited because, you know, when you, when you go through a loss, it's, you know, it, it keeps you guarded, you know, and then, you know, I, I remember not getting too excited about Henley until it was like the, you know, middle of the second into the third trimester. Then it was, you know, it became real. And, you know, this time around it's, um, you know, I was so excited because we were trying to get pregnant and, you know, we got confirmation that the baby was there. And then, you know, any little thing that happens, it's almost like you prepare your mind for 
you know, what's to come, but you try to keep positive throughout. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how, you know, after you suffer a loss, you do, you're, I was, you know, you're so excited, but in the same exact breath, you're so scared that mm-hmm. anything could happen. And then you think, oh my gosh, I'm just being irrational. You know, I shouldn't think these thoughts. And then, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's just a mind F-U-C-K, mm-hmm. for lack of better words, because you don't, you, you know that you need to be calm and just, you know, stress-free and that you can't really control what happens to the pregnancy. And That's just, the worst part. Um, but it that's a lot easier said than done, and it's the most annoying thing. Well, to have yeah, I shouldn't hear. say the worst part. It's because you know it's it, you want to know that you're doing everything right, and when something goes wrong, you blame yourself, you blame situations, you look for answers, and you know, unfortunately, for some of the you know some of the times where we you know the answers we would get even from medical professionals, it's like it's a fluke, or you know, yeah. there's nothing that can be done. It's like so. Well, I guess we should probably share exactly what happened for those of you who don't follow us on social media. Um, So what happened was we got back from Disney and my period was five days late and I just knew. And I remember saying to Doug, you know, I surprised him actually last week on our episode four of the podcast, we shared that the audio audio from when I surprised Doug that we were pregnant. Um, And it's just wild to think that we recorded with Fertility IQ and mm-hmm. I was just so sensitive to the mamas out there who are trying to have a baby. I was just so sensitive to the fact that I was pregnant, you know, then and I just never could have imagined that next week, you know, I would be yeah. <laughs> that mama trying to have a baby but just suffered from a loss. Um but uh anyways, uh so we get back from Disney and I take a pregnancy test. It's positive, and it was like bold positive. And I <laughs> wanted to make sure of that because prior to the that to positive prior to that positive pregnancy test, we had a chemical pregnancy. So it was positive, but then it was negative, and then it was positive again. And I was like, "What the heck is going and there on?" Was like ten negatives. Yeah, and so I had a feeling it was a chemical pregnancy, but I was like, "Oh, I hope and pray it's not. Like maybe it's just really early." And I really believe in what you put out into the universe. Is what comes. So if you're very positive and open minded, and if you say, you know, I will have a healthy pregnancy and really truly believe it, you will. And, um, you know, so I was trying my best to be positive. And unfortunately, that was a chemical pregnancy. Um, and so then this time, I mean, there was not a doubt. It definitely wasn't a chemical pregnancy. I knew, I know the difference. I'm yeah. a labor and delivery nurse. I saw the boldness of the, the line. My period was five days late. That's not, you know, that's not and a chemical We were pregnancy. still trying. Yeah, we. I've been. I've been using the Ava app. I've been like just really, really closely monitoring my cycle and ovulation, and so I mean, I literally write down the days that we have sex in the app so that I can, you know, just keep track of like when we could have potentially conceived. You just want to keep a diary of all of our lovemaking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, I get the positive pregnancy test and. You know, we are just so excited. Like I, I and I told Doug, I was like, I know that this is a pop. Like I know this is a good one. Like I just felt in my bones this pregnancy mm-hmm. was going to be all the way. Like I just had this feeling that uh, that it was going to be a pop, like a great pregnancy. I don't know why, because I guess I was wrong. I, I don't until know. you started spotting. Yeah, then I started spotting a little bit, and that's what happened with with Jonathan, our angel baby in heaven. That's how it all started. Was just a little spotting, and they say, "Oh, that can well, be it normal." Started later though for him. I don't think so, Doug. I was spotting pretty much the whole time through. And, yeah. But that's the thing is that 
you know, the spotting happened from week six to eight and I was cramping too, which was little, but you know, they say every pregnancy is different. Mm-hmm. You can't freak out and yada, yada, yada. And so I tried my best not to freak out and uh, really just went with positive vibes only. And, um, you know, the spotting actually stopped and so did the cramping. But I was like still on, unsh- like I was still just wanting to hear this baby's heartbeat. So I was, I went with my nurse friend. I went over to her, her house because she has a Doppler. We tried finding it at nine weeks. And of course, I know that's way too early to find mm-hmm. a heartbeat via Doppler. But it's hit or miss. Yeah. But she had done it for, with herself for her pregnancy at nine weeks. So I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe she'll be able to help me then. And I, um, you know, I did not, I couldn't find it. And, you know, I found, I mean, I can tell you, this is probably one of the most hurtful parts is that um, I know a lot of people who are pregnant um, and ha- my due date was August 8th. I know someone that was due on August 9th. I know someone who's due August 21st. I know someone who is due in August. I can't remember another exact date. I mean, I know so many women who are due and we were all pregnant together, so excited. And um, I think the hardest part is to just um, to just watch them continue to have like this mm-hmm. healthy pregnancy and um, or to separate yourself from it. Yeah, and not I don't know. I don't well, because know. I, I well I, I think when you kind of get into you know if, if if you think about it, where you know what if what if you were uh, what if you were having a healthy pregnancy going through, and then one of your friends had this happened, you know, like you would, you would be so sensitive to the fact and you would be, you know, there for support. I I totally get that, Doug. It's just, it's just, it's just, I don't even know. It's just hard because inevitably, I mean, people who like little boys that were due around Jonathan's time, I, you know, how could I not help but wonder like what our Jonathan would be like. Mm -hmm. And now like there's going to be, I mean, <laughs> these are people who I'm very close with and I'm going to watch them have this healthy, happy pregnancy that I was supposed to have too. And I'm trying really hard not to be anything other than just happy for them. But um, well, there's nothing of like course really... I am. I am yeah. very happy for them and I'm thankful that I'm happy for them. And I'm, I'm not, you know, bitter. I'm just, I guess I'm just a little hurt that like, I feel like I have to like, just, I don't know. It's just hard. It's a hard, it's a hard situation. Yeah. Well, I was even going into the, going into the ultrasound, you know, and just, you still have a pregnant belly or ovary or whatever, yeah, you know, and, and there's the, the sack and the yolk and then just no baby yeah. inside. So I guess we never did finish explaining. So, you know, we, I couldn't find the fetal heart rate on the Doppler. So we go to this place called Miracles in the Making in Matawan, New Jersey. And, you know, they showed us, she showed us Gracie when she was in our womb, in my womb. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, she is the one who was able to confirm our pregnancy. You know, she showed us like where the little baby was. And then we go there just to get confirmation. You know, we wanted to hear the heartbeat and whatnot. Because to be very honest, my sister-in-law is pregnant um, at the same time as me. And we we're going at the same exact day to the same exact OBGYN. And we were going to have lunch after yeah. to kind of celebrate our pregnancies. And I knew that <laughs> if we didn't hear the heartbeat, I would probably... <laughs> Not want to see anybody, yeah. talk to anybody. I'm just uh, holding it together here. But... um. So we went to try to get the confirmation and 
didn't, but she doesn't go vaginally. So I was like, okay, well, that's our only hope is that she just didn't find the baby because she's not vaginal. And I'm only, I was 10, I was nine weeks when we, when I went there. So by the time we go to the doctors, um, I mean, I had already canceled that lunch because I was like, I just, I mean, could you imagine trying to have lunch with someone who heard their baby's heartbeat and then we didn't? I mean, Mm -hmm. so we canceled the lunch. We went there and our worst fears were confirmed. The baby stopped growing at some Mm -hmm. point. The amniotic sac continued to grow for whatever reason. And they said that we had three options. We could, one, wait it out and have a miscarriage naturally. naturally. Or we could, two... Uh, go to the OR and have a DNC. And I was like, no, that's not even an option for me. I'd rather not go have anesthesia and go through all of that. Kind of like the last resort. Yeah. And so then option three was that you take a medicine called side attack and you just, it kind of helps your body encourage, you know, the, the miscarry because what I had was a failed miscarriage. My body should have really just miscarried. Instead of miss miscarriage or something. Yeah. Um, That was a failed miscarriage. So a miss miscarriage is where you, go and you didn't even realize it but then uh failed miscarriages where your body's holding on to like this not viable life and Mm -hmm. you walk around um but that and his recommendation was wait till monday i think to have the dnc do you think that was his recommendation yeah it was um yeah his recommendation was the the dnc or just to wait it out and i'm like um Really? Like, yeah. like I, no, I, I think is it was the to have a DNC. He was he said to do Monday. a DNC because it's a guarantee get way out. to get everything out. Yeah, um, I just have to say that I think that healthcare for women is so insensitive <laughs> on this topic because you know the only thing I have. <laughs> This is so vulgar and it's so honest and bold, but like I have like a dead baby in me. Like I'm gonna wait until Monday. Like, no, what? Like I don't know. Like you just want to get it out. Yeah, get it, you just you know. want. I mean, I want to love this dead baby. Mm. I want to. It's just like what? I mean, I guess. So I opted yeah. for the side attack and um, taking the medicine to just try to naturally as possible. You know let my body take the proper course. Um, but like also not walk around like with my body thinking it's pregnant and then this Still, amniotic sac yeah. continuing to grow without a baby. And I mean, not for nothing, but I was 10 weeks and one day pregnant. And that whole entire time I felt so effing pregnant. Like I was so sick and mm-hmm. so tired and so emotional. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, you know, when your you, hormone levels were there, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I was pregnant, except the baby just didn't grow. So yeah, really didn't even well, really start to. Grow. Yeah, it was like they said it was about between seven and eight weeks that it stopped growing. So mm-hmm. that whole the last like two weeks, basically, I had just an amniotic sac inside me that okay. just kept on growing. Um, so long story yeah. short, we. You know, I took the side attack. I went to pick up Gracie with Doug at my in-laws. We came back home and I was kind of terrified that the, the side attack wasn't going to work because I really don't want to go to the OR mm-hmm. for a DNC. There's still a chance for the side attack. I mean, well, that's why you're, you're going to you, you yeah. go for another appointment just to make sure everything kind of yeah. came out. So by the time this podcast comes out, this will be like a week late, but mm-hmm. um, because we record these 
early. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have this recorded in time mm-hmm. for episode four to be, um, I mean, that was already that. released. Yeah. So, but by the time this comes out, you know, I'll have either had the DNC or, I mean, hopefully this was the whole situation will be taken care of and we can kind of go back to trying to conceive, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, I mean, to all the mamas out there having struggles, can you just know that you're not alone, yeah. whether it be infertility, whether it be pregnancy loss, uh, well, and and think about think about like even making the announcement. <clears throat> Imagine having to kind of go through this on your own or just <laughs> in your house. It's like yeah. you know, like by I mean that was a that was a choice that that we both made very early on because it kind of an archaic way of thinking to not you know I mean your your body's pregnant you're pregnant but you're supposed to wait a certain amount of time to to talk because the because of the risk well why why should you not have the love and support you know if the worst case scenario happens within that first sort of trimester it's like you know and it, it not against people that are that you know make a choice of telling people in whatever the allotted time would be or the safe time but you know, it's like it's if you think about this situation and you're trying to go back to normal life and people are like, you know, well, what's wrong with Jamie? <laughs> Why are you so sluggish? Why are you this? And then, you know, it's like nobody, no, nobody, you don't have you don't have a, a support behind you. And, and it's, you know, this this is just part of, you know, one of the one of the reasons why we made the choice to to announce early. Yeah, I think that that all started when, you know, we waited until we were four months along to announce for Jonathan and we announced on the Today Show, you know, which is very national with Kathy Lee and Hoda and every magazine picks mm-hmm. it up. And, you know, then like within a week, we find out that we're losing our baby that that wasn't yeah. viable. Like and a week after the announcement. And honestly, a lot of people say, oh, you know, they just announced it was the best thing that ever could have happened to us in the sense that we had an outpouring of love and support. Not one person, you know, I feel like if I was having a bad day, they got it and they understood it. And I was like, Oh God, thank you for just for understanding that I'm not like overly chatty today, you know, and I'm not in the mood just to hang out with, you know, with like even friends that may not have known otherwise because I, because I followed the art, you know, the archaic rule of don't tell anybody until you're past your first trimester. Mm-hmm. And so I said, going into any other pregnancy, I am not waiting that archaic rule. And if any other woman doesn't want to, that I support you in that. Why do you have to go to your office sick as a dog, mm-hmm. tired as a dog, and pretend like, you I know, think it's more superstition? It is superstition, people. but I think that that's silly. I believe in sending out positive vibes and, you know, and also like loving, getting the love and support that you need while you're pregnant. I mean, for heaven's sakes, the first trimester is such a tough trimester to go through and to have to do it all alone or just having only your husband and maybe your parents know, like, ah, it's just like a backwards way of thinking, if you yeah. ask me. And like, what kind of support for that woman is there? And then like, God forbid you lose the baby and you have to just keep all of that private and quiet and just go show up at or that desk. Ex- Explain it like a million times. It's like, well, I mean, that I think that's the superstition of not sharing, so you don't have to explain it. But quite frankly, the best thing that I think that we ever did was announce for for this pregnancy early too, because you know I'm I'm so I feel so blessed that at the end of the night when I you know I'm all alone, quiet, and I 
you know, just have a moment to myself. I know, like, I can just, if I ever feel alone, I can just go to like Instagram and see that there are so many people yeah. who are praying for us and thinking of us. And it, it just gives me hope and makes me feel so loved. And honestly, I think every woman should have that. So if you're going, you know, if you're going through a hard time with whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I say be open about it and try to share your struggle at least with some yeah. other person. It doesn't have to be so public like we do, but just because you deserve love and support. And, you know, I, I really believe that if you want to share your pregnancy as soon as your first positive pregnancy test, you go for it, girlfriend. And you and if God forbid that baby is taken from you early, at least you'll have someone who at least people will understand what you're going through. You don't have to hide that. I mean, I can't tell you how many how many women I'm telling you, countless women have emailed me and like DM'd me on Instagram, have sent me private messages on Facebook saying, you know, sharing their story of loss and how they've told nobody ever because they had no one to tell. And that's heartbreaking. I mean, imagine going, I couldn't imagine going through this. Clearly, I'm passionate and maybe hormonal and really heated up about this, but it really breaks my heart when I hear, especially men saying, oh, you're not supposed to share this at this stage. Excuse me? (laughs) Like, It's just a weird way of thinking. Um, It's just so backwards. And like, it just is there. Not for a second do I feel like it's beneficial for the woman. Like, the woman deserves love and support. So, um, that's why we, so for for those, anybody who wonders why we announce our pregnancy early and why we can, we will continue to do so, it's because I, I do believe in A, you know, don't set the superstition that you might lose the baby. Heck no. Like, of course, you have every hope in the world that this baby, is yeah. going to make it to your lap and you're going to love it and bounce it and rock it and kiss it. and. But for that reason too, you, you, you think you're going through everything alone when you don't have to. That's exactly it. So um, you really don't have to. There's, there's a lot of people that, you know, that share the same story with you and, and, you know, depending on how you cope or how you grieve or how you get over it or whether you're surrounding yourself with people or you just want someone sitting next to you or, you know, Everybody, everybody does in a different way, but um, you're not alone. You're not exactly it. And if you feel alone, please do reach out to me, and I will find a way to get back to you um, because I don't want you to feel alone. This is probably one of the loneliest things I've ever gone through was the loss of our first, our firstborn son, Jonathan, and then this miscarriage. You know, I hate to say it, but I think any woman who suffered more than one loss, it almost. like I'm just numb. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just so numb. And I feel like with Jonathan, I was instantly just in a deep, dark hole, so depressed. And this time it's like, first of all, I didn't have to deliver a fetus with a, you know, perfectly formed body with all 10 fingers and 10 toes. So that did make it easier for me. Not that I think that that makes it any less painful for another woman who is going through a loss. But for me, that, that did make it easier this time around. Um, and also, I guess it's almost like you go numb to it. Like I've had, I feel like now this is our, the third time that we've been pregnant where the outcome has not been a healthy, happy baby. And I'm just like numb. I just don't even know what else to say other than that. I am numb. I feel a, a bit broken, but I know that I'm going to pick up and we're going to start trying to conceive. Gracie's going to be can. a big sister. We, I believe that from the bottom of my heart. And I want to thank you guys for putting that out into the universe for us and praying for us. Uh, yeah, it really means truly, you have no idea how much it means to us. Truly. I mean, from the bottom of our hearts, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and loving us back and caring for us. Yeah. Because 
and staying interested in our story. Yeah. It certainly helps us get through things. Because truth be told, I don't have a big family. I think anybody who knows us knows that. Now you do. Yeah. And now it's like, I, I do, I feel like I have like so many girlfriends and sisters and like cousins and, you know, some, some of my friends are, I'm closer than others. Like I actually get to know some of you who comment frequently and I just, I just love you all, you know, so much. So thank you. You know, I guess on that note, we will uh, kind of wrap this up. I, I wish I, mm-hmm. I think I wanted to just share some things that you should and shouldn't say to someone who suffered a loss because I think that's like the number one problem that people, this is why they're, I feel like this is why people don't, this is why the archaic man said, oh, you really shouldn't share until you know your 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 pregnancy is safe because because it's awkward for other people to talk to you if you do lose it. Well, I mean, that's first but of all. But it's also that taboo sort of, you know, thing just also means that people are so inexperienced with having to deal and cope with with this and have people that go through this because it's not common. That's exactly it. So I think that we should shed some light on this because no woman should have to hide in the dark because no one knows what to say to her if she suffers a loss. But you also shouldn't feel like you have to announce early. We're not saying that no, at all. Not at all. But I feel like there are so many women who who would want to announce early or even women. I mean, come on, let's be honest. You're not safe. Even if you don't announce early, we were well into our second trimester when we lost Jonathan, mm-hmm. you're not safe regardless. So it doesn't matter when you announce, announce when you want to announce and God forbid you lose that baby or, you know, someone who has suffered from a loss. Here are some tips for what you should and shouldn't say. So first things first, if the woman says like, for example, I just said that it was easy. You know, this last miscarriage certainly wasn't as painful as me delivering Jonathan. There's not a doubt that it wasn't as painful. I mean, and it was, it was to be very, very honest, it, it was helpful for me to know that the baby didn't grow. Uh, it wasn't like, you know, it was, you know, it just didn't, it didn't, I mean, that wasn't helped nearly me. as formed or even really right. formed. It wasn't formed. And that helped me significantly in the thinking to t- for my personal coping. But do I want to hear someone else say that to me? No. Heck no. Like, don't you dare say to me, this This has got to be easier than, mm-hmm. or this was way earlier. Thank God you didn't have to deliver. You know, if anybody said that to me, I'd probably, I'm not a violent person, but I might want to like punch them. Not even, I'm not a violent person at all. But but if I say that as the person who lost the, you know, the, this baby, then, you know, let me just figure out how to cope. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to deal with this, but please don't don't ever repeat my word. Like, no. let let me be the one. So first things first is don't ever say to a woman, oh, at least you know you can get pregnant. That's a big no-no. Don't say, I had someone say to me, you know... I don't you're, know the people that would say that. I, well, these are things that I've been told. So, and these are not necessarily just from social media, but from people that I've actually talked to who all mean well, by the way. And I love you all if you recognize that you said this to <laughs> me. I know that you mean well, but don't ever say this to a woman who's suffered a yeah. loss because it hurts and it hurt. And the pain is something that you know, you know, they mean well, but you can't, it's like someone's stabbing you in the heart and you think, and, but like they're telling you they love you. That's exactly what it's like. So first things first that you shouldn't say to a woman who has suffered a loss at any stage is, oh, I, at least you know you can get pregnant. This is another, this is something recently that I heard is, oh, don't, you're so busy though. Imagine if you would have had two, you would have been so busy. Um, I did imagine if I was going to have two, yeah. I was really excited to be that busy. I cannot wait to have two. Don't say that to me. Like that hurts me. Uh, another thing, uh, 
let's see, everything happens for a reason. When you're a woman who wants to have a baby and you just suffered a loss, you can't make up one good reason why this happened. So go ahead and don't say that to me. Well, some people, I mean, some people consider that the norm and standard. But that's not, I guarantee you if a woman has lost her baby. But it's not, it's not something that you want to hear right away. It's not something you want to hear at all. Something that we, well, then that I think of and... Yeah, but that's the thing is... If there can ever be someone who has a double-sided rule, this is it. It's never okay in any other situation in life. But when a woman or in a husband, you know, the father, if they're trying to cope with this loss, I mean, they'll probably try to say anything. But what I'm saying is that if you're a friend or a sister or a mom or an uncle, just don't don't say that. So the things that you can say to a woman is first things first. Thinking about you. Yes, I'm. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Let uh, us know if you need anything. And you know, another amazing thing that you can say to someone is this pregnancy, this baby will not be forgotten. This baby is still loved. And I mean, I got to tell you, when someone says that to me, that was like, that's like my number one goal with Jonathan was that he would never be forgotten or, you know, his life was not pointless and meaningless. So that's a beautiful thing that you could say to someone mm-hmm. is, is this, this baby will never be forgotten. You know, you know, yeah. this baby is loved. Uh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I can't imagine what you're going through because mm-hmm. going ahead to say something like, Oh, I've been there. I've done it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, please just how about, I can't imagine what you're going through, but please know that if you need someone to talk mm-hmm. to, I'm here for you. And then quite frankly, the best thing you can do for someone that you're close with is just sit and listen. That's Don't it. try to heal their pain overnight. It's not going to happen. Just sit and listen yeah. to them talk. And even if they're not talking and they're just bawling. You don't have to say a quote. You don't have to say something that was on a throw pillow or on a sign that you saw in Hobby Lobby. Sometimes <laughs> Doug. they have a lot of signs and things in there. But you know, you just, you just sit. Yeah, you just be with that just person. Listen. Uh, and then or be there definitely listen. another thing uh, to just throw out there is like if you are pregnant and or you have a baby um, and I know you mean well probably better probably better to um, send your love of course if you're close with that person but maybe not go be present with them because how could inevitably as much as that person loves you and doesn't want to make it an awkward situation inevitably, you have what they just lost. And that's so incredibly hurtful and painful for that person in that, in that, you know, just during like the time that they're suffering from that loss. So of course, reach out to them and let them know that you love them. And you can't imagine what they're going through, but uh, probably refrain from letting them hold your newborn baby. That would be really insensitive and hurtful uh, unless they, unless they want that. And then in that case, that's entirely different. Or at least be sensitive to it. Yeah. So, um, uh, some more things that you shouldn't say is you weren't that far along. Um, I don't care if you're six weeks along or you know six months along. Like to, I'm pregnant. Yeah, like that. That don't don't you can't as an outsider looking in. You have no idea what that six weeks with that baby was for that woman. So you can't say to them you weren't that far along. That's, you know that's just like. And I know it, you probably mean well when you say that, but. But if maybe if you think about it a bit more, you'll realize that that is such a hurtful thing to say to a woman. So I think, you know, just to wrap this up, the best things that you can say to a man and a woman who have suffered from a loss at any stage of pregnancy is ultimately, there are no words. I can't imagine what you're going through. My heart goes out to you and your husband. We're here if you need. 
and we're here if you need it. And then, you know, actually be there and listen to them to anything or mm-hmm. just be with there when they're sobbing and give them a tissue to dry their eyes, hug them, love on them. Yep. That is the absolute best thing you can do for a couple who's going through a loss. Yeah. And you know what? For all you guys who are listening, if you have any other tips for this, please go ahead and you know, put them, send them in a, as a comment over on my Instagram page or on Doug's. Or mine or Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Instagram. Yeah, because I'm going to create a... Well, first of all, I'm writing a, my second book and I'm going to add a chapter in on, on A, why we decide to announce early and why it's okay if other women want to, but also B, like it is 2019. This should not be taboo anymore. One in four women are are suffering from some sort of pregnancy loss, infant loss. This happens. I mean, probably every other girl that you see in a store has probably had some sort of a loss. Why is this a taboo topic? Why? And the reason why is because no one talks about it. So if you found that maybe maybe my advice you don't agree with and something helped you differently, please do share it with me because I want to put together a little bit of a of a pamphlet, I guess, to or a, in a chapter yes, in my I... book. Yeah, to just kind of like spread the word that you know, what the proper things, like the proper etiquette is that, that, that can be sensitive to these women who are suffering loss after mm-hmm. loss after loss. The proper etiquette is your own etiquette. Yeah, but there's the thing is, is that like, you know, I'm not into being PC at all. Obviously, I live my own... I mean, I married a stranger on national television. That's not very PC. But, um, but I think that there should be a bit of guidance to the general public who can be like just incredibly insensitive to women who are going through loss mm-hmm. after loss after loss. You know, and I just want to be there to support these women who have suffered even more losses. I mean, I can't imagine some women go through so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so if you have any tips uh, or advice, please reach out to us and let us know. And I'm going to put them together um, in my second book and in maybe even on a blog. I mean, I just yeah. maybe we'll do another follow-up podcast. I just feel like more people need to be made aware that this is not taboo. Unfortunately, this happens to like every other woman walking down the street. The statistic is one in four, but I feel like it's probably more than that. And it's heartbreaking. So we've got to come together and help each other out to figure out what is the right things to say and do. And I think that for me personally, and for a lot of women that I've uh, that I've been able to talk with, the tips that I've just given you are very, very helpful. Um, and even the, just the responses and the way to be there. I think it's yeah. you know, just that, being sensitive to it. I think that as you can probably tell through this recording is that I'm just, I'm, I'm definitely like numb to the fact that I just lost this baby that we were trying so hard for. I'm maybe a little angry. Um, and just indifferent. I kind of feel indifferent, but most more than anything, I'm like passionate about helping other women who have to suffer through this pain time and time again. And some of them have to do it alone because of the taboo of it, mm-hmm. which is just so wrong. So yep. I am so passionate about helping those women not have to feel alone because that's just, that's so, as you said earlier, Doug, archaic. And it's just like Stone Age old and yeah. it's just ridiculous. It's Cause it's, 2019. Like, it's not acknowledging the, you know, the, the would be baby. Yeah. So I, rant over. Thank you for letting me vent. This was very therapeutic for me. Sorry, yeah, Doug, very. if I went nuts. No, that's why I, I guess was I probably did you, go nuts in an eye. Letting you speak. But um, thank you again to everyone out there. I mean, I'm telling you, if you saw my Instagram page and all the people who are sending their love and support, each and every Super one of you, helpful. can I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart? You 
make me feel so much less alone. And I love each and every one of you. So thank you guys so much. Thank you. Uh, and next week we will have Shawnice and Jeffy from Married at First Sight on the podcast. Who had a baby. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're very, very happy for them. They have had a lot of struggles, um, but we, they have like pulled through and made it through yeah. and we're excited to have them on the podcast. I'm um, looking forward to getting to speak with them, but also hear where they are and catching up. Yeah. And so, and also, you know, for the podcast now, uh, before we head out, we were going to just share a little bit of my book with you guys. Um, so my book is Wifey 101, Everything I Got Wrong After Finding Mr. Right. And it's available on Amazon.com. And it's also available on my site, jamieotis.com. And if you were to order it through my site, it's an autographed copy. Just like leave a little note saying who you are and mm-hmm. you know why you're buying it. And I'd love to write a personalized uh, note just for you. And so, and if you want me to leave a note, say it. Oh yeah, Doug loves signing the book too, and, and leaving a little note for you guys. I like to draw. So, um, the forward, uh, we're so we're going to read a little snippet each week uh, from my first book, Wifey One Hundred and One, and we'll start off with the forward. Douglas, do you want to take it over? Sure. Podcast beginning snippet. I wrote a little note in, in, the, in the forward. That's not in the forward. No, that was my no. own note. Fate is the optimal combination of choice and chance, said someone nobody's ever heard of on one of those inspirational Instagram memes. My fate was decided the day I agreed to do a scientifically arranged, legally binding blind marriage to Doug Hainer that was documented on television and broadcast all over the world. How could you marry a complete stranger? That's the most common question I get from fans, friends, journalists, trolls, even my own family. It's a fair question. What kind of a person would do such a crazy thing? A loser? A fame whore? A gold digger? A lunatic? All of the above? Probably. (laughs) No. In my case, the answer is none of the above. From the moment I was born, I find myself in unusual circumstances and situations like sort of like a female redneck version of Forrest Gump. The same can be said for the way I found myself a husband. The situation pretty much fell in my lap. True story. Just (laughs) side note. uh, I just got a call from producers, casting yeah. people, basically. Are you single? Yeah. Um, and really, I was at a place in my life where I craved love, happiness, and family. I'm so impulsive, so I went with it. I'm also the type of person who says it like it is. I'm brutally honest. And the truth is, I had a childhood rife with abuse, poverty, and neglect. So I craved the maternal hand-holding of the TV experts. I'm sorry. I wrote that wrong. So I craved the maternal hand-holding the panel of TV experts would provide in the show. Because of the abuse and neglect, all but one of my previous relationships were pretty much a disaster. I needed serious help if I ever wanted to have a long-term, healthy relationship. I wasn't looking for a fairy tale family. I just wanted to be part of a family that was loving, stable, and consistent. I've never had that. And I want that more than anything in the world. And You know, my family calls <laughs> calls me Forrest Gump, too. Do they really? Yeah, because of uh, just the situations that I find myself in. Going... Run, Forrest, run. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel like I I wrote this book when we were like a year married. And mm-hmm. even now, I, you know, I look back and then I'm just like, I'm closer to you and your family now than I even was then. And I was thankful yeah. for you guys then. So, I mean, this book just, I really lay it all out. There's some things that I would never talk about, probably even on this podcast, because it's just mm-hmm. harder to say out loud than it is to write it. Right. Um, but 
I really poured my whole heart and soul out in this book and shared an awful lot of personal stories in hopes that it's helpful to other women or even young girls who are going through the same situation that I went through. So um, yeah, if you want to read more of my story, you can head to amazon.com and grab yourself a copy of Wifey 101. Or if you want a signed copy, then head to my site, jamieotis.com. And I'd be happy to sign a copy and I think Doug would be too. So I just, would definitely. Yeah, he loves signing the book too. So I have terrible handwriting, but I do write words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you actually have better handwriting than I do. And then <laughs> another thing that uh, we wanted to share with you guys was just I I post ins- inspirational or funny quotes on our our Instagram handle for um, Hot Marriage School Parents. So each week at the end of this podcast, we're going to share one of the. Um, one of the quotes. And this week I have one that I really, really like um, that I wanted to share with you. I've actually posted it a long time ago. Okay. This is my favorite quote because this is, I think, what's helped Doug and I have a healthy marriage. Um, It says, your spouse needs to know you're on the same team fighting for them, not against them. So let's say we're in a fight like, and this is like the one thing is sometimes I'm like, Doug, are you on my side or are you fighting against me? Because I thought we were teammates here. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we just have to remind each other that we're a team. Like you're not fighting against, we should be working together here. So I'm not. Which is always why I say, do you honestly think that I want to hurt you? Or, you know, like I would do something just um, in spite or just to hurt you or your feelings. Well, that's why we have to talk about these things sometimes because sometimes I wonder like, you know, are, are you trying to like pay me back for something that I, do you didn't think I, you well, know, and, that I did that you didn't like? And a lot of that I, I get comes from, you know, your, the people that you were around in, in your past, you know, it's yeah. also learning that, uh, you know, I didn't grow up that way and not that I don't understand it, but I don't have those feelings and yeah. I don't do things despite or in, in spite of. Yeah. So I hope you guys like that quote. Uh, and yeah, if you guys have any questions for us, please shoot them out. You know, at any of the at hot, at hot marriage cool parents on Instagram or on my Instagram page or Doug's. Mm-hmm. I'm Jamie N Otis, and Douglas is at Doug Hainer. Yeah, and uh, yes, and if you like this podcast, podcast, please do subscribe because we absolutely love chatting with you guys each week. And you know, if you have any tips or questions or advice shoot them on over to us. We're yeah. all ears. We're new at the podcasting thing, but we love it and we love connecting with you guys. So and thanks for joining. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, in touch with you next week. Every Wednesday morning, we release a new podcast and next week, Shawnee and Jeffy. Can't will be wait. Here. Thank you. And right, I love guys. you. Love you. And I love you. I love you. All right. Real fast. I just want to say to all the women out there who have ever suffered from a loss, if you're one in four, please know you are not alone. And if you feel alone, please do reach out to me and I promise I will find a way to get back to you.